Hi there, it's Dallas Travers, and you're listening to Coaches on a Mission. This show provides the strategies and the insight to help you gain reliable traction in your business so that you can make more money and help more people. So my guest today is Ollie Matthews, who knows from experience that the missing link for many of us is our health. Many coaches unconsciously compromise their self-care and healthy habits because we're just so busy working on our businesses. But Ollie believes that your body is your business, and he's on a mission to help business owners manage their hormones, get better rest, and take better care of their bodies so that they can feel free in their businesses, but also in their lives. Okay, Ollie and I have a really important conversation today to help you and selfishly help me connect the dots between how you care for yourself and how you show up in your business. So I think it was Wayne Dyer who first said, the way you do anything is the way you do everything. And Ollie sees that principle come true again and again for the entrepreneurs that he works with. So pour yourself a big glass of water, take an energizing walk as you listen along to this inspiring episode. Here's Ollie Matthews. Hey, Ollie, thank you so much for coming on to Coaches on a Mission. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. Let's shout out our friend. So we are both friends and fans of Marisa Corcoran, who connected us a few months back now. And I'm just excited to see you here on my screen and to introduce your really important work to my audience. So thanks again for coming. And thanks, Marisa, for the connection. Thanks, Marisa. Massively (laughs) appreciated. (laughs) Okay, so I think it's really safe to say that a large segment of our listeners are cisgendered females. They are right around or even over the age of 40. So let's begin this conversation just talking about some of the common health concerns that our listeners might be facing today, especially as it relates to growing their business. I think both male and female, there's a lot of things that stress is impacting our bodies. But we're seeing a lot of things where stress is impacting females more than it is with males because when we look at how the bodies work and we look at the adrenal glands, they play much more of a role of producing hormones in females than they do with males. So with guys, like 95% of sex hormones are basically produced around the testicles and about 5% in the adrenals. And then with women, it's about 30% in the adrenals. Okay. So stress is impacting the body so much more with women. And if we think about getting into your late 30s and 40s, into your 50s, that naturally, that we go through or women go through menopause. Mm-hmm. But we're seeing these menopause ages get earlier and earlier because of the stress that's getting impacted. So it's not just hormonal in a fact of, going through early menopause and seeing signs of going through the menopause, but also things like thyroid, they're massively getting impacted that that's again, hormonal as well. And we're seeing that hormones are an output and there's signaling before this, which is needs to be looked at before hormones like get released. And a lot of the times they're coming back to brain health. So we're seeing signs of brain fog. I'll get into like the hormone side of things while that's an output sure. in a okay. second. But the brain fog side of things, we're getting chronic fatigue. We're getting afternoon energy dips. 
we're getting people that just not able to lose weight. So there's more weight gain going on, which then causes more stress as well. It's like a circling back with more stress, more anxiety, more panic attacks, more migraines, all these things that are happening, digestive issues. And there's so many signs that something's going on with our body. Right. But a lot of the times we look at the default method of health is we'll do exercise and go on a diet. Yeah. Totally. Rather than actually look at the root cause of what is going on. All right. So I want to reflect back what I heard just to make sure I'm tracking because I'm like 80% sure I've got it and I want to make sure everyone can follow along. So you mentioned all of these symptoms like brain fog and fatigue, weight gain, and it kind of loops us into this stress cycle. So we're having these symptoms. These symptoms are connected to a hormone imbalance. And the thing that's either causing or at least contributing to the hormone imbalance is our increased levels of stress. Am I understanding that cycle? accurately we don't want to go too deep into the science for it because like, it doesn't need to be sure broken in the depth of but we have a thing in our brain called a hypothalamus which is basically the control portion the control panel which sends a signal to our pituitary gland which sends a signal to our adrenals that would be the hpa axis to release cortisol epinephrine adrenaline side of things but we also have an hpt axis so mm-hmm. sends the signals to the thyroid HPO for the ovaries, the ovarian axis. Now, the trouble is, is that when we get too much cortisol, the stress hormone, and we don't get enough neurotransmitters, dopamine and serotonin being two of the most prominent ones, we don't get the right messages at first from the hypothalamus to the pituitary. So there's already Mm -hmm. mixed signaling there. Mm -hmm. And we get wrong messages coming from the pituitary to where it's going. So it says too much cortisol, not enough cortisol too much estrogen, not enough. And then we get mixed messages there. So we see high and low hormones, especially with thyroid, most of the time, unless someone's had been unfortunate enough to have problems with their actual thyroid gland, thyroid cancer or something like that, that it's down to a signaling issue, Mm. which is down to stress most of the time. Got it. The problem is that loop back for cortisol, we should tell us that there's enough cortisol because we need cortisol as well. It's something yeah. that cortisol gets demonized, but we need it to wake up in the mornings. And once we get enough, it should loop back to the hypothalamus to say, now send a signal to stop it. Yeah. The more this happens, the more the signals get interrupted. So it says though stress is causing static on the phone connection. Exactly. The communication yeah. isn't exactly clear. Exactly that. Got it. So I'm 46. So this explains why in the last couple of years I have found myself saying, boy, I just don't handle stress like I used to be able to. Mm -hmm. Okay. And if you think about where Mm -hmm. we are now, so you're at 46. Yeah. You've had 46 years of experience of different good and bad experiences. I'm 36. I'm 37 Mm -hmm. next month, like having different traumas that we've been through. Yeah. Explaining the word trauma is that it doesn't have to be that something like, People underplay their traumas they've been through. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. they're like, oh, I haven't been through trauma because they haven't been through war or they haven't been through sexual abuse potentially. Yeah. But there are certain things that are going to be traumatic. Some severe things that, that I won't go into the depth of, but some of the other things like my dad passed away when I was 15. Mm-hmm. That was traumatic for, for anyone to lose a parent. But yeah. at 15 years old, when you look up to your role model, 
then I go into having like being morbidly obese mm-hmm. and then dropping a hundred pounds to get onto the bodybuilding stage. Done seven bodybuilding shows. That was traumatic, that overtraining and under eating for it. Yeah. And I developed an eating disorder. That's trauma. All these sorts of things just build up and build up and build up that now when we get to this age of wherever we are now in this present moment, we kind of see health as a snapshot of here and now, but it's what we've been through all over our lives. Not only that, it's what our parents went through and their parents went through as well. Right. Intergenerational trauma. Right. Okay. So let's connect this back to our listener who is a coach and they're really telling themselves, well, this is my year to work really hard because I'm building my business. So I think it's easy, I'll just speak from my own experience, to get into this mental loop of making compromises with myself. Like, I've just got to power through this launch. And then I'm going to completely change how I relate to my health. (laughs) And then it's the next thing and the next thing. So can you talk about like the effects of that mindset on our ability to accomplish our goals. Like, so through the lens of health, how does this cycle actually impact our ability to scale and attract clients and market savvily, all these things we want to do? Well, first off, there's going to be a dopamine release when we have this launch and we have this successful launch. So then chances are we'll want to do it again and again and again. And then like there's dopamine, serotonin, serotonin being the contentment neurotransmitter, Dopamine Mm -hmm. in the drive neurotransmitter. So we get this addiction of dopamine and then we have impairments of of serotonin where we don't feel content. So we do it more. Now, we then see people all around the world that you're in the US, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm in the UK. It's now what six o'clock out here in the UK. So we're in completely different time zones. So we need to be connected all the time. I've got another live in two hours coming up. And that's from a launch. But making sure we have these strict boundaries is really powerful for us. Now, if we do it once or twice, it might not be a bit of an issue, but we start justifying doing it over and over. And then we kind of ignore these small things that are happening. The things that we put down to just getting older or the things that are common, but aren't normal. We start waking up during the night because we need to go to the toilet, which is common. It's not normal. We start putting our head against the pillow and we start feeling wired. We start waking up and we don't have very much energy. We see these things that are very, very common, but because they're so common in society, we see them as normal. And we see people joking about always needing coffee. Yeah. And like always using alcohol to switch off. And we have these coping mechanisms, Mm -hmm. these coping mechanisms that a lot of people have. We see these things that give dopamine releases. Things like you have ice baths all the time. Because other people are doing them. Or we we want to do things then quickly. There are some good studies of ice baths. I'm not ruling them out and everything like that. It's just the first thing that came to mind. It's a good example, though. Yeah. Yeah. People I see in the online community and entrepreneurial world wanting to do 75 hard, which is a challenge, which is a mental fortitude challenge. I think it was Andy Frizzella that made that, where you do 75 workouts twice a day or 75 days of workouts twice a day, read a certain amount, drink a certain amount of water, you follow a diet, you don't eat junk food, all these sorts of things. And it's because, again, we're doing a lot because we want to compound it into a smaller amount. Yes. Now, every time we do that, we're getting more and more stressed and our productivity goes down. Now, one of the things I always say is your body is your business. Without a sustainable body, you haven't got a sustainable or scalable business. 
And if we want to truly scale, to get into six, seven, eight figures, nine figures, whatever it is, then our body has to be able to hold that. I was talking to a client today and she's had some super, super successful six-figure launches. And we've been working together for a couple of years. And over the last six months, she's been really focused on her work and her workouts have gone a little bit lower. She's not been doing the foundations as much. And she's like, oh, what do I need to do? To, like, I've put on a few pounds. And we've done some tests on her. So we know she needs to improve her gut health. Mm-hmm. The stress that she's like taking her foot off the pedal a little bit, the stress has now impacted her gut health. And she's had a couple of good launches. Now she's feeling a little bit more lethargic. Now she's looking back on this and you think, if I'd have kept those foundations in place and just done the minimum, I'd be so much further ahead. Now, I think a lot of the times we overcomplicate these things with health. Yeah. So we push to have these launches. We push to grow our business. And we think that health has to be super, super complicated. So we push it to the side while we're doing this. But there's always something you can do. And we can go to the extremes. And some people's body may need to cut out alcohol, cut out gluten, mm-hmm. have issues with dairy. Some people's gut might be really like chopped up that it needs to do that. But a lot of the times it's just, why are we going for the alcohol? And why are we having so much of it? So much right. so that our detox systems aren't working. So much so that we're, we're stressed out a bit more. And actually, you're just more stressed with work. So we're using it to switch off. Is there something better we can do like meditation, non-sleep, deep rest? And those foundations are the things that I just feel like I've got this analogy about Mount Everest. Okay. I've got a chapter in one of my books about climbing Everest and like this just obsession with it that health should be like Mount Everest, that people have this goal of climbing the mountain. But most of the deaths on Everest are coming down. When they've hit their target and then afterwards. So it's not sustainable to stay up there. But in order to climb Everest, at first you have to get to base camp and acclimatize. Right. And you go to camp one and do a rotation and acclimatize. Camp one and two, come back down, camp three, and so on. You do certain rotations. And as long as we keep this base camp level of health, we can push through different launches. But don't take our eye off the ball when it comes to just the basic foundation of hydration, good sleep, making sure we actually get consistent times that we go to sleep, consistent times that we wake up. And I appreciate with children, it can be harder, but Mm -hmm. doing your best. We don't have to use the children as an excuse. We can do our best around it. And also like making sure we're getting a good varied amount of vegetables in our diet and good levels of protein. They're they're very much like the foundations of it. Yeah. Okay. I want to talk about a couple of things here. Let's dig into the foundations a little deeper here in just a second. But I love what you're sharing because my whole philosophy, I joke and say, you know, that the stuff I teach is completely unsexy. It's boring. Yeah. Which is exactly the point, right? So when it comes to business building, this is for our listeners. If you've been following this show, you have heard me preach about the slow burn and about how things like, I'll use list building as an example, Ollie. I think for a lot of online entrepreneurs, 
list building is also Everest, (laughs) except it's Everest that just keeps going higher. It never ends. It's never enough. It's just a pain in our asses. So because it feels so unattainable or unsustainable, a lot of online entrepreneurs don't prioritize it enough. And then they launch and they're disappointed by their numbers. The launch converts fine, but they're like, nobody's there. Right. So even if you're converting at a 10% webinar, if you've got 10 people on the webinar, that is not a, a launch to celebrate. So what we live by inside the hive is this idea of slow, steady consistency. Mm-hmm. So I just updated our list building course and the whole goal is five subscribers a day, which sounds so disappointing. <laughs> Right? Like, am I ever going to get anywhere with five subscribers yeah. a day? But if you do that in eight months, you'll go from zero to twelve hundred, and twelve hundred is that magic number on your mailing list that I feel can warrant the work that goes into a launch. So, what you're explaining here, you're just speaking my language, and that metaphor, or that I don't know, maybe it's part of the human condition in Western culture. This all or nothing, this 75 hard mentality. And I'm really understanding how it can get in our way. There's three phases that we talk about and most of the results come in this first 80%. Now do that 80%, which is let's actually show up and do a little bit of exercise. We're not smashing exercise session, just show up and do a little bit, get your steps in, get your hydration in and do okay with your food. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing that gets most of the results. Then yeah. there's about 50, 10 to 15%. We might have to do some intermittent fasting. We might have to do more of a named diet. We might have to do some high-intensity interval training. We might have to do some more specific training methods, which will get you another 15%, let's say. Okay. Then there's this 5%, which is what people go for first, is that they're going to go down the route of nootropics. They're going to go down the route of the ice baths. They're going to go down the route of going completely vegan or like ketogenic, like the carnivore like the extremes of the diet inside of things and they're the things that are sexy to shout about on social media again the dopamine release but they'll get you five percent of the results right if we just done the foundations we're going to get so much further ahead that's not even having to dive into like functional medicine or anything like that it's just simply eating a good diet varied like not having loads of processed sugar not having loads of alcohol but you can enjoy things then as well. So much more powerful that way. Yeah. Yeah. It's so interesting. So I remember I had this aha moment. This was years ago, back when people used to go to the post office. Okay. So like a lifetime ago. And I had this package that I had to take to the post office and I just was not doing it (laughs) for weeks. And then I realized, oh, I've got like ego involved here. Going to the post office is so simple that I I can't even be bothered to do this very simple task. And it was like a really illuminating, this tiny little observation that I made. But that's what I hear you saying. The boring stuff, this 80%, the stuff I'm using air quotes here, listeners, but the stuff we all already know how to do is the stuff that gives us 80% of our results. So when you talk about, let's dig into it a little bit, exercise, hydration, and just being okay with food. Can you define more clearly, and I understand that it's going to be different for every person, but what would be like a C plus in class when it comes to exercise, hydration, and being okay with food? I would say hydration. I don't mm-hmm. know what it is, ounces. I think it's about 100 ounces. 
but okay. probably if I'm wrong, it's about two liters we, roughly we want. But that's what I would say to start with. Okay. And maybe adding some rock salt, some Himalayan, pink Himalayan rock salt for hydration for minerals. I have hydration drops that I use with a lot of clients as well. So if you get some good hydration drops, not to the point where you taste them, just putting a little bit of salt in there just to help mineralize the water and help it get into the systems. Okay. You want to get into it it from a like C plus to a B minus or B, (laughs) then you go through like some filtered water or like you get a really good filter to get some of the rubbish out there. But let's just stay on the C plus. Okay. And with movement, just getting a little bit of resistance training in. So I would say that focus on your whole body once or twice a week, maybe 20, 30 minutes is going to really, really be powerful and focusing on at least once a week, getting your heart rate up. And that could literally be for like 20 seconds and going for a walk. You could have to walk up a hill to get that up just so you get your heart rate up and it comes down. So we kind of release nitrous into the system to help with circulation, especially if people are getting cold hands and feet, mm-hmm. massively beneficial for that. But just going out, getting some steps in, in the first half of the day, so your eyes are actually seeing actual real daylight and the same with like in the afternoon or second half of the day, just trying to get something in, but at least getting it once a day. Yeah. That's your hydration and your movement with food, then making sure that you're getting protein with every single meal. Mm -hmm. So many people are having these ups and downs in energy because of poor blood glucose management. It's one of the most common things I see. In fact, I've just started a, a program for female health. And I've done a, an offer that was like the first like 10 people do a full health screening. And all 10 of those people had poor blood glucose management, which is really powerful to look at. Like that's going to be even more of the women that are in there, but not just that. The people that I've worked with over the last couple of years, just seeing that they're waking during the night, they're, they're getting brain fog, they're getting issues with like not being able to have consistent energy through the day. They've got poor blood glucose management. And also mm-hmm. when I look at their food diaries, they're having very low protein. Yeah. So we'll have things like these smoothie bowls and smoothies as well, but they'll be very low on protein. So there'll be this sky high glucose boost, which will send us on this up and down roller coaster throughout the day. And we can go deeper into that if we want to, but that's just what I would say. Protein levels. If you're going to look at the size of protein you want, put your hand into a fist. That's the size of, of a chicken breast that you want roughly mm-hmm. uh, like for your body shape. Like, two main meals a day that like having that in there in the morning maybe chucking a scoop of protein in with some oatmeal and do overnight oats yeah an omelet those sorts of things super super powerful and yeah. if there's problems with sleeping have a tiny protein serving before bed if you're always waking up at 12 30 1 30 2 o'clock have a protein snack so a couple of slices of ham maybe like a small like half a scoop of protein powder small teaspoon of, of good quality nut butter See if that moves the sleep-wake time up, and then you'll huh. know it's linked to blood glucose management. That's interesting. Well, it could be, but that's one way of looking. Yeah. And then looking into sleep as well. Obviously, that's yeah. one way to help it. But sleeping at the same time most nights and waking up at the same time most mornings, including weekdays and weekends, mm-hmm. where a lot of people go wrong and end up what we call social jet lag because we're waking yeah. up at certain times during the week, force ourselves up later on a Friday, we wake up later on Saturday, eat a little bit more processed stuff maybe, we have some takeaways, we go out with friends, it's it's awesome, we have this relaxation time. And then Sundays we try and force ourselves to sleep early, 
because we need to wake up early on Monday, but we can't do it. Yeah. So look at your wake up and sleep times and be as consistent as possible. Wouldn't it be great if you could just build your business focusing on your strengths? I see too many coaches struggling to fit into a certain mold and they ignore the easy path. So let's put an end to that. What I want you to do is go to dallastravers.com slash quiz. I've put together a 45 second superpower quiz designed to reveal two things. Number one, the very next step in your business, whether that's list building, client attraction, or scaling with a course. And number two, the natural strength you possess to help you accomplish that task. When you get your results, you'll also get a custom built toolkit with actionable items you can put in place right away to finally make this growth path simpler because you're doing what you do best. So the link again is dallastravers.com slash quiz. Go and check it out and then let me know on Instagram how you scored. So I'm curious, I have so many questions. So the first one I want to ask is, what is it you say to clients who want to resist this 80% that we talked about? It's looking into why, really. Mm -hmm. A lot of people will jump into these things and get loads of supplements, loads of nootropics, and we'll look at different podcasts. There's so many podcasts out there which will talk about a much more in-depth thing health-wise every single week. And then so many people I'll speak to, I heard this on this podcast. I heard this on that person's show. I'm like, yeah, but are you doing the basics? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you look at it and they're not doing those basics. So I actually kind of explain to them, have these things been working? And they're trying so many things, testing so many different ailments and not getting the results. Now they pay me like they want one-to-one work. It's good money that they're paying me. So it's like, but actually they're spending more money on supplements that haven't worked. Like we're going to get these results. And I try not to kind of criticize them for doing those things because they're being marketed to, right? Yeah. And like we're marketers as well. So I don't (laughs) feel like I should take digs at them for doing those things. Like absolutely not. It's, It's, that's a horrible thing to do because they've just been sold to. And some of the things will be beneficial when their body's in the right place to be able to deal with that stuff. Yeah. They may be doing the stuff that's up here. It's building their body up to get to that place. Yeah, that and makes sense. It's helping them along that with those foundations. And some people will be so bought into those things. It's actually allowing them to still do that and just building their body's capacity up. So if they're doing a hard training session and they really, really like that training session and one of their coping mechanisms is the gym, and we say that it is going to take a little bit longer because you're smashing the CrossFit session or you're doing a marathon, these sorts of things. But we need to build your body's capacity to deal with stress up while you're doing that. Yes, you could get the results quicker if you were prepared to do that, but you're going to get the results in this time because we're actually working at a little bit less capacity. I think honesty comes into the conversation. Yeah. Yeah. That makes so much sense to me. So we've talked about, and this may feel redundant, so just let me know, but so we've talked about our desire to go to extremes right? How does that relate to a common approach to detoxing? Again, like we want to detox and we want to detox quickly. So we'll do long water fasts. We'll do long juice diets and things like that. I say long, like long water fasts or short juice diets, like however you want to put it, three days, five days, seven days, things like that. And we look at these cleanses like as if we're trying to get the toxins out of our body. 
Yeah. Now, we're never going to reduce complete toxin exposure. Babies that have just been born have had some tests on them to show that they already have toxins saturated in their tissues. So that's not a scare tactic. It's to say that the world we live in, in the nicest way, is a toxic world. Yeah. I live in a farming county, a place called Norfolk in England. And even though I'm in the city of Norwich, there's still a lot of, when I cycle out in the countryside, there's loads of fields. But because of the farming, there's pesticides and everything being put on there. So the air quality is quite low. However, when you get into the city center, people in center of London, New York, places like that, there's a lot of diesel fumes. And diesel fumes are very, very bad for detoxification. Mm -hmm. And historically as well, a lot of women struggle with phase three detoxification. Now, we can try and do these cleansers quickly, but these detoxification systems, there's four that we would look at, zero, one, two, and three. Okay. So zero is basically mobilizing a toxin that's in our system. One is turning it from fat soluble to water soluble. Two is making it so we can actually start to get rid of it. Think of methylation, conjugation, glucuronidation. Don't need to go into the depths of that. Then the last bit is actually getting rid of it, putting it back out into bile, into the systems to get rid of it. Mm -hmm. So we would either go to the toilet to get that out, sweat that out, cry that out, breathe that out, however we get it out of our systems. But a lot of people can't go through these phase three detoxifications. So that means they've like moved the toxins around like, and now they're just like yeah. dancing around your body, yeah. right? It then gets much more damage and has to go through zero, one, two, and then three again. Now, a lot of the cleansers and detoxes that we do very quickly upregulate phase one and two now, high levels of green tea, high levels of turmeric and things that have been shown to be good for detoxification are good for phase one, but potentially bad for phase three. High levels. We're talking about supplements here, not a green tea in a cup or anything like that here or there or turmeric spices and stuff, but higher levels, the sort of things you find in a lot of the detoxes. So then we can't get rid of the toxins. So they just go around the body and then eventually just get taken up once again. Mm-hmm. And some of the things that upregulate the first few portions of detoxification is being in a calorie deficit. So yeah. we're seeing a lot of people in an energy deficit, so they're eating less, upregulating toxins. They then can't clear them, so they're feeling bad because they've got lower energy, bad because there's more toxins in their system. They just feel horrible. And I feel that a detox, and don't get me wrong, I've put, people on different detox protocols and not the juice fast and stuff like that as in liver support, kidney yeah. support. And these ones that are going to go on for like two months. Yeah. We can go through a short phase of improving it, but then we have to have this phase afterwards, like three, four weeks, and then a maintenance phase. Mm -hmm. so, yes. It, it'd be great to say, look, we can just get rid of all these toxins and then we're done. It would be amazing. Right. Like, it's great. But a lot of the times that it can, cause more harm than good yeah i hear that and even just trying to lose fat without good detoxification systems can cause a lot more harm so i truly feel that everyone who goes on a fat loss journey on a weight loss journey however we want to phrase it should be supporting their detoxification systems like looking at what ways can we get more antioxidants in the body mm -hmm. radical damage what can we do with like air quality 
exposure to mold or actually talking about Miami when I saw Marisa there that actually I got exposed to mold and had eight migraines in the week after and hadn't had a migraine for like two, three years. I get migraines if I have gluten. Okay. And then I had this mold for like two nights. We were in Orlando. I had a client there before we went to Miami and then I had had to move my talk because of the, I had a migraine, had to go back to the Airbnb. It was crazy. After that, I then had to do like six weeks of getting a lot of the toxins out of my system, the mycotoxins from the mold. Mm. And a lot of people won't have that reaction to mold, but I grew up in a room with black mold for like 17 years when I grew up and people didn't yeah. have the damage it done then. So detoxes for me, like I have to support my detox systems. Right. And if we go through stress, we put that under a lot more stress than we need to. If we're having more alcohol, we're putting that system under a lot more stress, a lot more processed food, it's more stress. Mm-hmm. So if you're finding that you have to do detoxes, every quarter, every six months, every year, I would always ask myself, why am I not supporting the body in that longer term? Right. Yes. Right. Okay. So we've covered so much and I would love to just have a little bit of a deeper conversation about sleep. Mm -hmm. And then I have a question I want to ask you to tie it all together. So we talked about the C plus, right? But you've mentioned sleep, especially as it relates to to stress. So imagine that you're talking to one of our listeners who has a lot of demands. They've got really big goals. They have a very strong work ethic. Let's say they're getting this C plus that we talked about with exercise and hydration and being okay with food. How would you consult them or advise them around sleep? I would look at where their boundaries are first. Okay. Are you working right up until you go to sleep are you on a screen mm-hmm. so in an ideal world there's what we class as the three two one rule so three hours before bed no meals two hours no work and one hour no technology so we're we're switching off like we're having our last big meal we might have that protein snack as i mentioned but our last big meal just helps our digestion be working before we get to sleep and then we know we're not getting woken up because we've got poor like our, all this food is digesting in our system Right. So when we sleep, our body should be at this when a lot of detox happens. So we sleep, we get into the our metabolism isn't wanting to be digesting food. We're wanting to be detoxing and regenerating cells and regenerating neurons in the brain. So looking at what their routine is is super, super powerful. And we start to see where people's habits are. Like if we're checking an email and mm-hmm. we're in our business, and believe me, I've done it. However many times, and as you can imagine, like having clients in the US and I've got clients totally. in Taiwan, Australia, like they're all over the place. So yeah. WhatsApp seems to like buzz quite a lot of the times. And <laughs> I have, actually it doesn't, I'll tell a lie because I have notifications off, but I check yeah. WhatsApp a lot of the times. But I have this strict like 8 p.m. UK is when my phone is absolutely off. Yeah. And I won't check it after that. The occasional time, I say most of the time, say the football's on or something, or I'm out with friends, like I'm not <laughs> Because I'm texting a mate or something. Yeah. But making sure we have those boundaries of when we know we're switching off work is yes. powerful. And try not to compromise on those. Like I'm doing a live tonight a little bit later because the person I'm launching this course with is like, he's got put his kids to bed. So it's like a one-off, we'll do this because this is the launch thing. But I wouldn't normally have a live at 8 p.m. Right. So that's the exception rather than the rule. So the occasional ones. But notice when you're making too many exceptions because we can yeah. start doing that. So having yeah. boundaries with when you switch off work, making right. sure we're not checking emails and making sure we're not 
in bed, scroll them through Insta, TikTok, mm-hmm. whatever it is. And I think that if you are having to use a screen at that time of night, use blue light blocking glasses because mm-hmm. it emits the blue light, which a lot of people know what that is anyway. But if they don't, it emits blue light, which basically like simulates the sun. So it makes our brains feel, think that it's, it's daytime. Now, again, alcohol in the evening is going to impact detoxification and it may knock us out, but it doesn't get restorative levels of sleep. Mm-hmm. So the screen time, the technology, if you're in bed, read a book, read a paperback book, like try not to watch TV in bed. The bedroom is for like having sex and going to sleep. That's what I always yeah. say that we don't have a TV in our room or anything like that. It, it's there for a specific reason. Mm-hmm. And we can tell a lot with sleep with how we wake up. Mm-hmm. So we have a lot of people go straight for caffeine. So try not to have caffeine because caffeine can bind to what we call adenosine receptors which are the things that allow us to wake up. This adenosine binds onto a receptor and we need to get rid of that naturally. That's when we wake up. If caffeine binds onto adenosine receptors, the adenosine is still there in the system. So when the caffeine wears off, we start to feel tired again. Yeah, right. And if you have caffeine within the first 90 minutes of waking up, you'll probably have mid-morning or afternoon energy dips. So I would switch those and... Like decaf still has a little bit of caffeine in it. So having things like Roy Bosch tea, which is great for detoxification, these things are going to be really powerful. So if you're waking up and you're having the caffeine, but you're having problems with sleep, try switching that. And I think as well, like you can get into the depths of the right temperature for room, white noise. There's all these things like how you get to sleep, like blood glucose management through the day. We could literally go through this for hours and hours on there. But I think the biggest thing that I would see with people that is – I wouldn't say easy for them to switch because if you're building your business, you have that prioritization. Maybe you're single and there isn't a relationship wanting to go down and spend time with a partner. Then it's easy to get sucked into, I'm just going to work late. And it's the hustle mode, right? But if we're impacting our sleep, then we're not able to work as hard the next day. Yeah. So I would rather get recharged and have more quality time rather than spending two hours doing something that should take an hour. So I would just look at that and get the switch off time, right? And one thing I would add would be to just think about, and you mentioned it, but I want to underscore it for our listeners. Think about a tangible way that you can clock out. I had a friend once who she had like three careers essentially at the same time. And she worked from home for all three of these things. And she would be at her desk and it was when it was time to shift from her feng shui business into her creative endeavors, she would leave, walk to the end of her driveway and come back like oh, she wow. was leaving work, right? And then coming into the office and being able to have that like embodied version of ramping down or clocking out made such a difference for her. And I have the same, I I have the exact same experience in my own life. When I clock out, right? You mentioned turning your phone off. That's what I do as I, my phone gets turned off. They say with like feng shui, don't they as well? Yeah. If your desk is like having to be in your bedroom, because a lot of people have to work from home during the pandemic. Yeah. If you actually cover it up, that's closure on it. So you can actually have closure. I'm in a separate office here, which is one of the other bedrooms in the house, which is now my office that, okay, I've got my cross trainer here. That's why I do my cardio in the mornings, but this is my office. Yes. You can close the door. door. Yeah. 
although my dog does sleep here at nighttime, but <laughs> it's his bedroom at nighttime as well. But it is the thing to close the door on. And at yeah. weekends, I don't really come in here that often. Yeah, I might totally. Respond on WhatsApp to people, but I've got a laptop, but I rarely use it. And I remember mm-hmm. when I first started in the health industry and I first left my corporate job, like 2014, I was in the health industry from like, 2006 but then I went into the corporate world on the side and all that sort of stuff 2014 I was working on a laptop on the dining table then I was going into the living room and then had it on my lap on the sofa and you just never feel like you're switched off because that whole work environment is there and I just feel that the door's there I can shut the door and that that's work closed yeah that's that's super powerful even if it's maybe subconscious like it's, it's definitely helped Yeah, same. I totally agree. All right. So let's wrap this up. I feel like we've touched on it and it's definitely been the thread throughout our conversation, but can you, I'm putting you on the spot a little bit, but for our listeners, can you make a clear and powerful case for the connection between, explain to us the power of your body being your business? If you were sick, can your business still run at the same level it is now? No. No. And that's one of the biggest ways of looking at it. When people work with me, it's an investment, but it's not an investment in me. It's an investment in their business and and in in themselves because there's a lot of times, especially when it comes around to holiday season, Mm -hmm. when people have this like over here more Christmas than Thanksgiving, but over Christmas, they will be like two weeks off. The amount of people I see that get sick when that happens because they're out of routine, eating poor food, and then like their body is actually switching off. Yeah because they've been running on stress. And if that's happening a lot, you go on vacation, then you get sick because your body's switched off. The body has said, oh, I can chill now. I can stop just literally just holding myself together with stress. Now, I just say to them that, do you feel you're running at 100% capacity right now? Mm-hmm. Right. Most people won't say they're at 100%. Maybe there's symptoms like ADHD going on. Maybe mm-hmm. there's just memory problems. Maybe there's like, addictive tendencies whatever it is or they're losing concentration whatever it is then they're probably at 60 65 70 percent now if they're saying that they're making 100k a year at 60 percent 200k a year 300k a year whatever it is yeah then what are you going to make when you get to like 80 percent 95 percent we don't even have to push to 100 but i always say that like we never get to 100 because we can always progress Mm -hmm. 99 that (laughs) What happens when we get to that? Imagine that with the actual outcome. And this was right. actually a imposter syndrome that in one of the masterminds I was with in Miami, with Marisa about, and we were talking about imposter syndrome and it's like how much my work is worth for someone. There was someone that was there. She was working 70 grand months in her business. She mm-hmm. was doing amazing. And she could see the signs that her body was burning out. So stress was impacting her. She was getting brain fog. Her period stopped. And she wasn't at menopausal age at that time. She was waking through the night and she was being really kind of moody with her partner and kid. If she didn't eat, she'd get hangry. Now, she just pushed it to the side. She knew she had to do something about it. And then suddenly she burnt out. She hit the wall. She went from $70,000 months to $7,000 months in her business. She was looking for her kid's bank account to pay for her staff's wages on the same time, her landlord said he wanted to sell the house. Uh, we don't want to rent it. We want to sell. Do you want to buy it? She couldn't buy it because mm-hmm. her credit score had gone literally like rock bottom. 
So she had to try and find a house, the house that she wanted she couldn't buy mm. because she was pushing her health to the side. Now, yeah. that's a super powerful story, and so many people will take action before then. And now she's like had to hire someone. It wasn't me. Like Full disclosure, it wasn't me. We didn't know it at the time. But she hired someone, spent a couple of grand a month, I believe it was, on, on this person, which she couldn't afford at the time. Now mm. she's doing awesome. She's doing really like better than she was before. But she knows that her health is wealth. We yes. say it, like, your body is your business. Health is wealth. All these things that it's easy to push things to the side. Yeah. It's easy to deal with things tomorrow. Just yeah. like you made in this, it's easy to deal with it to, until tomorrow, until you get to that launch. And then you realize, actually, like this launch could have been so much better if I'd have just had that compounded five people a day. Yes. Yeah. So that's pretty certainly what I would say that try not to push things to the side, even if it's for your family, that you've got to be selflessly selfish yeah. to be able to provide for your family. Yeah. That's beautifully said. Thank you. Thank you for coming on the show. I feel no kind of idea. selfish. I feel like I just got a coaching session from you. So thank you for I, that. <laughs> I love doing this stuff. Yeah, I can tell. I can tell. So what's the best place for our listeners to connect with you? If you go to my website, OJAYHealth, so OJHealth.com, uh, there's connect on there. There's a stress management guide. Get on the mailing list and get on that side of things. So there's that and there's information about some of my courses. So just Perfect. go there. Drop me a message or on social media is at OJ Health. Great. Ollie, thank you so much for coming on the show. And I, I want to thank everyone for tuning in. This has been illuminating. Thanks so much. Thank you. <laughs> thank you so much for tuning in to Coaches on a Mission. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe, follow, rate, and review. Do all of the things <laughs> to show your support for this show. It is so helpful for us. And it also helps other coaches find this show. If you want to take this episode further, please follow me on Instagram. I'm Dallas Travers Biz Mentor. And every week I turn our episode into a week-long mini course on my Instagram page. It's designed to help you apply what we talk about during the episode to your business in a super tangible way. So... Let's be Insta friends. Head on over to Instagram and look for my new handle. Again, it's Dallas Travers Biz Mentor. You can do that now and you just might find some funny reels while you're there. So believe me when I tell you, it'll be worth it. Okay, thanks again for tuning in. I truly appreciate that you make time to listen to this show and I hope you have a wonderful week.